This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. This is the Blitz 1170. All right, so still nothing official as of right now on Peyton Bowen. <sighs> I just want to, like, stare at a picture of him and tap my watch and be like, come on, come on, come on. I look at, like, his mom's reaction. She wanted him to get to Notre Dame, probably for academics. He wants to go to... Are you trying to tell me that Oregon's not an academic school, Matt? How dare you? I'm just trying to tell you that I think that Notre Dame might be a little bit more academically prestigious than the University of Oregon. Well, says you. Unless, like, he's majoring in forestry or something. Why you got to throw out, like, a forestry joke? See? Why not? Come on, man. You're better than that. Am I, Like, that everyone that goes to the Pacific Northwest has to major in forestry? What are we doing here? I don't know. I think you want to go to OU the whole time, and I was using this to leverage. Who knows what's happening? Leverage for what? They've already—that's not how they operate their NIL. No, I'm not talking about NIL. He's leveraging his own mother, who wanted him to choose Notre Dame, and he's going with, well, they have good academics and they're good at oh, football. Oh, you're running this on on mom? Yeah. Well, I, th- I think he's trying. I think he's trying to leverage his own mother to go where he wants to go. Because you, we've all seen it before. Reuben Foster's mom walked off the stage after he picked Alabama over Florida. She was raging. So are you basically insinuating that Peyton Bowen's mom hates his girlfriend so much she doesn't want him to go to Norman? I mean, that's a logical conclusion. I didn't say it, but you came to that conclusion, Pop. Well, I don't know what other conclusion there would be. Yeah. I just want him to hurry up is, is all that I want. I got Christmas to get to. <laughs> and off days. You're already chilled out anyways. This is the most relaxed I've ever seen you. I, I told you I'm checked out. I like it, though. I am checked out. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's hit up the Oklahoma Ford Dealers hotline here on the Blitz 1170 and uh, welcome in Jacob Unruh, who's joining us now here on the Blitz. Covers Oklahoma State for the Oklahoman. What's up, Jacob? How are you today, man? I'm good, fellas. How are you? I'd be better if it wasn't 40 below outside, if I could just be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I had to go save my grill cover earlier, and it was quite cold. <laughs> Your grill? Co- oh no! Did it catch a little wind? And you had to go. It you had to go catch wind, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm sitting in my office, and I can see the back yard through some of the window in the kitchen. And I look out, and all of a sudden, I see like a black blur fly through the by the window, and I was like, "Oh, oh, that was my grill cover." Those are expensive too. Like people don't understand. Yeah. Like that's a that's a significant investment on the uh, on the grill cover. Yeah. So yeah, you you definitely got to go save that for sure. Um, all right. When when are you heading out? By the way, uh, Monday. I'll, I'll leave Monday morning. Okay. All right. Uh, so you at least get to one one night at the uh, at the old Camelback, huh? Or two nights, I, I guess. Two. I yeah, two. two nights. All right. Two That's nights, not yeah. too not too shabby. Not too shabby at all. What were your um, initial thoughts from the class that was signed from Oklahoma State? Because it's not like we had any ultimate surprise. 
uh, to come out of the class. It's just another one of those steady Mike Gundy-esque classes that he's become famous for since he's been in Stillwater. Yeah, I don't think there's much uh, glitz and glamour to what they're doing with this, but I think there's a lot of potential and um, and some solid guys. When you when you really look at it, like there's not a bad player here, and you know people could say, oh, he needs, you know, they're not ranked that high and stuff, but I think there's a lot of guys here that that could really, well, excuse me, have a lot of impact. You know, when when you think about, it, I mean, Zane Flores, first of all, is obviously the the gem of the class, the quarterback, three star guy. Um, kind of pushed four stars, I think, and, and did a lot of really good stuff uh, in high school as a quarterback, really developed as a big arm, very accurate. Uh, Gunny talked yesterday about how much he's improved as a runner um, since the summer. And and uh, and Flores talked to, to Scott Wright about how he's improved. He felt like he's improved uh, reading defense, too, since August. And so um, that's a good sign. I think he's a guy that's going to come in and compete, um, depending on what the quarterback situation is in the fall, that he can compete for the starting spot. Um you know, and you look at guys like, you know, I'm really, I'm really intrigued by um, Lardarius Webb Jr. out of, out of junior college. Um, I think he's going to be a guy that, you know, they're going to slot right in there at nickel safety and, uh, and, and kind of let him go. He's a big playmaker and, and you know, and um, Tywin, Tywin Ray is uh, another guy out of Georgia. They got late this last, uh, in, last week, I guess. And um, kind of a guy they felt like was, was under the radar that, that kind of started to fall through the cracks a little bit because of the transfer portal movement and things like that. That I think that uh, he's a guy like that got overlooked and, you know, they're going up to these big corners and they got some offensive linemen they really like. Uh, I'm still really intrigued by uh, Isaiah Kima, who's, uh, you know, going to go on a two-year mission, but he's a, you know, three-star lineman, uh, highly coveted, um, but still signed and is, is, you know, you know, was committed to coming back in two years to play for OSU. I think that's a good one um, too. There's just a lot of, talent here I think they could really develop into some guys that are going to be big contributors I want to uh, keep with the uh, defensive line for a second because uh, you add uh, the names that they did which I think was pretty big for them because of the amount of guys that you've seen leave and then mm-hmm. what looks to be like kind of a a position that you almost needed an overall overhaul on with a lot of fresh new faces and also some pretty impressive guys and just in terms of size that they were able to have up front as well. Yeah, you know, um, you can start locally with Jaden Foreman there at an end. Um, listed at 6'5", 250, but uh, some of us were joking before the press conference. He's a little closer to 270 right now probably. and got to be 290 pretty soon, so... Um, and, you know, they're getting a lot of size on him, and um, that's a good sign. And, and Iman Oates, I think, is going to be a guy that's really going to have an impact coming in from, from NEO. He was at Tulsa Edison in high school, went to NEO for two years. Um, a 6'3", 300 guy. He's a basketball player in high school, so he's really athletic and strong, defensive tackle. Um, I think he's going to be one of those guys they're going to look for because, you know, they've already lost Evers. They're losing Sione Yossi. I think you need two guys there. Um, and I think he's going to be in that mix. And, of course, i got Anthony Goodloe from Tulsa coming in the portal. I think he's going to be one of these guys on the line, too. And he could go – I think he's going to be a Tyler Lacey-type player where he goes inside and on the edge and um, and do some things. And um, you look at that and, and kind of just those guys, I think they really looked at the, this and, and, and said, okay, they can get these guys and a couple of them can impact really well with these older guys. And then the younger guys like a Foreman or a Rickley – Lola, he, uh, they, they really feel like they can develop later. This is a uh, class two 
that, you know, you start adding, like you mentioned, some of the transfers to it here as well. You know, we've talked about this in the past, right, considering with where they're at. But, I mean, OSU's transfer class now is, is you know, tracking like top 10. You add all the, the those type of players to it, right, um, with, with the offensive linemen. You've got the two Tulsa uh, transfers that are coming in as well, defensive back help. I mean, you add all of this to the mix, and it makes the entirety of the class look that, that much more better. Yeah, you know, I think that's kind of what the game has become a little bit. You've got to go and get these guys in the portal, um, especially if you're, you're OSU in this case, you've lost so much, so many key players. Um, you know, they've lost a handful, if not a little bit more, of starters. And um, they've got to go and get guys that, that have experience and come in and plug these spots and and kind of bridge the gap for some of these other guys that are bringing in the recruiting class. And you're gonna, I think, you know, you're going to have to balance classes this way now. You know, Gunny talked about yesterday the 17, 18, uh, was about right for the high school part of this. And so I think the rest, I don't know if there's going to be a lot of additions high school-wise as you uh, as we move to, towards the February signing period. I think it's going to be more portal guys. Again. I think they're going to get double digits mm. on that. I think that's where the focus is um, to try to, to, to really kind of keep moving this program forward as they develop other guys. It was a class that also needed some special teams and specialists, and they were able to answer some of those questions with the signings yesterday. Yeah, you know, you got Hudson Cox from, from Australia, their left-handed Australian punter coming in, um, real estate agent and 21 <laughs> years old. And, um, you know, he's coming in early, and he's going to be a guy that's going to compete early. You know, Logan Ward's done a good job since Tom Hutton uh, suffered his, his knee injury. But, uh, you know, I think they, they – they're going to see what they really like. They like a guy like Logan that they can boom it and, uh, and place a little bit too. Or do you want a guy kind of like Tom that was that was doing the rugby style kicking and doing some funky things and and things like that to really kind of to do some things? Maybe see both. I don't know. But uh, you know that was that was something big. They needed another punter and uh, they seemed to address that and feel really good about it and um, and kind of found a uh, younger uh, Tom Hutton 2.0, I guess you could say. Yeah, they at least hope so, right? I mean, maybe it won't uh, ultimately yeah. end up working out the way that, that Tom Hutton did, but even what I think most universities would take even an 85% of Tom Hutton, right, and and, and call it good mm-hmm. uh, and head to the house with, uh, with a, a situation like that. I also wanted to take a few moments to talk uh, uh, to you about just offensive line and focusing on the guys that they were able to bring in. Uh, that's another that's just wash, rinse, repeat with everyone talking about depth up front for the offensive line. But I know Gundy had uh, quite a few uh, things to say about a, a couple of the offensive linemen, including uh, the young man out of uh, out of Tucson. He had some really nice things to say about him. Yeah, you know, they're really excited about him. And I think we saw earlier that someone in Tucson reporting that, he, that, uh, that, that Jack and Dean's going to enroll early. Um, so that's a good sign. You know, he's 6'6", 285. He's big. He's physical. Um, I think that's a guy that they really are, are excited about. And he's excited. And you know, Gundy rightfully is excited about Jacoby Sanders, too, um, from Stillwater. Um, really, you know, he's known Jacoby since he was a kid. And uh, he's real good friends with Gage and, and been in his house a lot. But said he might be the strongest guy on the team at this point next year, which is saying a lot about a true freshman coming in and might be the strongest guy. Um, they need guys like that. You know, they've got Gage Staniland coming in from, from uh, Tuscola, Texas, and 6'5", 285. And, um, you know, Kima obviously is a guy they're really excited about, but it's going to take some time. But, you know, you look at that and you, you combine those guys with the guys that got coming in, like a Dalton Cooper from Prague and Texas State coming in and, in the uh, portal. <clears throat> um 
they're starting to flip some things in the offensive line. They're starting to feel good about what they can do up front, I think, and um, really kind of, you know, because that was the weakest point of team was last year was the offensive line. And um, they've got to start turning the corner and developing guys because when you look at it, like they're, you know, the, I forget which class it is now, but one of the recruiting classes, they have nobody left in the recruiting class offensive lineman at this point. Um, I think it's from Dickey's first class and there's not one player left from that class. And so they've got to figure out a way to develop these guys into big time players up front so they can have any kind of success with their offense. Jacob Unruh is our guest here on the uh, Blitz 1170. Don't forget also he does a great podcast with Scott Wright. Uh, they're called the Cowboys Chronicles that they do from Stone Cloud Brewing uh, there in Stillwater. Uh, we'll get to your drafting of Christmas movies uh, here in just one second. Um, okay. But from bowl prep-wise uh, for the Cowboys heading out there, I think Gundy said yesterday, by the way, there was a really weird scene of doing the signing day press coverage from the airport and then hopping on a plane and heading off to the mm-hmm. bowl game. But still, uh, I think what Gundy said, they'd fit in like 10 practices uh, already on this and they're going to get there yeah. uh, on site and uh, get prepared for this game. Uh, is there any other, any other feelings? Like what, what's the first thing that you're, that, that you're going to uh, look forward to when you get out there besides just having better weather than here? Uh, but preparation is almost <laughs> completely wrapped up in terms of even just getting to the bowl game for the Cowboys on Tuesday. Yeah. You know, this is a normal game week for them now, but yeah, I, I'm just going to focus on the quarterback situation this is one thing I'm really watching with, with Frank Gell and, um, Gunner Gundy to kind of see how that's going to play out, and and just another another chance for Rangel to go and try to really put his, or either one really to go and put their best foot forward for next season. Um, that's a big focus. And running back too, you don't have Dominic Richardson anymore, and um, the defense has a lot of questions. Obviously, um, secondary I think is going to be really intriguing when you don't have Thomas Harper or Jabbar Muhammad there anymore. Um, it's you know Mason Cobb's not there, but Lamont Bishop's been pretty good in a reserve role this season. We'll fill in there. So just when you look at all those pieces they missed, I'm really intrigued to see kind of the future of this team. I think that's really what this game to me is more about is looking forward to next season, figuring out what they have, what they can do, what they need after this. You know, there's going to be more portal movement probably after this. And so um, that's really kind of, kind of what I focus on and seeing, you know, and, and you think of some other guys too, like it's Brock Martin's last game. Um, Sione Alcee's last game uh, guys like that that have been around a long time done a lot for the program uh, Tanner Brown's last last game could be Jason Taylor's last game uh, you know things like that that uh, there, there's a lot of storylines here in that but uh, you know I think um, it's going to be a tough game too obviously Wisconsin as good as they are defensively but uh, I think really you want to look and see what you could build from here all right, before I let you go, uh, you don't have to run down the whole list. I don't want you to spoil uh, your podcast for those that haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. But you drafted Christmas movies, so uh, at least put us into the category of, of some of the movies that you think are, are draft-worthy for your favorite Christmas movies. Oh, so I mean, Christmas Vacation, I think, has to be on there, and Elf has to be on there, and Home Alone or Home Alone 2 or uh, – What's Santa Claus or Christmas Story or Die Hard especially. Okay. Um, you know, I think, you know, we, we covered a wide range, and that's not, you know, there's other ones mixed in there too, but uh, we covered a wide range. Okay. I don't know because I know you I have, love Christmas movies. I love to watch them all this time of year. I, I know you have a youngin', so I don't know if, if you have an, had an opportunity yet. Have you watched that 
Christmas Chronicles that has um, Kirk Douglas. Not not. Uh, I have not. Uh, no. That that no, on, on Netflix. Too, so he doesn't care. That okay. Much. All right. So, no. Well, even as you, even if someone that enjoys Christmas mu- uh, movies, you need to watch that because mm-hmm. like I was blown okay. away. I watched it and was like. Because, I, you know, it's like, all right, this seems like a rather cheesy, thrown-together concept on it. And I, after I was done, I was like, all right, bravo, bravo. It seems like we have, huh. like, another Christmas movie hit that's on our hands, and they've actually made a second version of it. Second one's not as good as the first one, but Christmas Chronicles yeah. on Netflix, you need to make sure you check it out if you're a big oh. fan of the well, holiday we movies. Did watch the we did watch the Christmas Story sequel the other night on HBO. And, uh, Thoughts? Um, I think I kind of I might have enjoyed that more than the first one. Okay, so. all right, all right. Then I'm, I'm not a big fan of the first one either. I think the first one's good. It's fine, but it's not my favorite. Okay, so. I yes, I um, I thought I still kind of favor the first one uh, compared to the second one, but I would say not not terrible by any means. But yes, no. my suggestion is check out Christmas Chronicles if you like Christmas movies, and I okay. think that you Perfect. will thoroughly enjoy it. Jacob, have a great Christmas, man. Safe travels as well. Right, Always too. appreciate you here in Tulsa, my man. All right, thanks. thanks. That's Jacob Unruh joining us here on the Blitz 1170 via the Oklahoma Ford Dealers Hotline. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.